This episode of the Western Outdoor News Podcast is brought to you by One Charters. If you haven't already, check out our charter list coming up as a two-day out on the Pacific Islander, leaving out of Cisco's and Channel Islands Harbor. Come and fish with a Western Outdoor News crew member and Captain Rick Russell aboard the Pacific Islander. For more information, visit wonews.com. It's a gnarly road. I mean, it's a it's a white knuckler. It ascends 6,000 feet in, in a few minutes. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Western Outdoor News Podcast. This is episode 22. In this episode, we'll be talking with Mike Stevens about his recent trip to the Eastern Sierra. Another thing we did is we, you know, we hiked into the backcountry some and went after brook trout, you know, and that's, that's another way to do it. Little sidebar from that, we'll talk to our good friend Colin, who was targeting golden trout around the same time. We then get to have a quick experience with one of the anglers down at the Yellowtail Jackpot. They fished for bluefin tuna most of the time and ended up sweeping the side pots with one large fish. He headed for the horizon right away. A lot of giving and taking. And without further ado, let's just drop right in with Mike Stevens talking about the Eastern Sierra. And this is something I've written about in the past. So I'm going to write about it again because it was on the old website and now it's gone. <laughs> and it's evolved since then. Okay. But uh, me and my brother call it day zero. Day and, zero. Uh, yeah. My, my dad usually gets the condo for a week, usually Saturday to Saturday. Um, years ago when we got jobs and cars you know my brother and i were like well why don't we just sneak up a day early so that first day is no longer a travel day you know? yeah yeah you know the first day is a fishing day so we would stay at the different small hotels anywhere between lone pine and bishop um so we would get there in the early afternoon fish some um get dinner drink some beers you know get up in the morning fish somewhere else uh down in the owens valley before heading up to Mammoth, and then that becomes our base camp for the rest of the week. But there's no there's no set plan other than, you know, if we're going to hike somewhere, um, if we're going to do a good hike, we want it later in the week. So we've acclimated, you know, to the altitude. Yeah. But usually, I mean, 90% of the time we decide around breakfast, you know, yeah. where, we're, where we're about to go. <laughs> what is breakfast like? It depends. I mean, usually it's whatever we can hammer down fast. You yeah. Know, sometimes you guys get out of the house pretty or out of the condo pretty early. Then. We do. We do not. Okay. Like if, if we get out by gentlemen like, start. Yeah. If we get out by like <laughs> seven or eight, you know, that's kind of early. Yeah, yeah. You know, and a lot of times my dad, I hang back. He'll be like, "I'll find you. Just go. <laughs> Just go." <laughs> All right. So, well, where did you guys kind of start your trip? Where'd you guys start fishing? Well, where'd you guys fish on? Well, this is it. Day zero. Yeah, day zero was a little different this year. We've been staying in Lone Pine um, for the last few few years, but we decided to take it all the way up to Bishop. Okay. Um, with the new regs, um, well, I guess the new regs wouldn't matter right now, but um, we like fishing the canal, the one of the canals that come off the Owens. We went up to South Lake, and we fished some of the um, Edison plant uh, ponds. Okay. It's just spots on Bishop Creek where the Edison um, company will put up a dam and you have a little pond. It's just like quick hitter, jump out of the truck. Make a few casts, yeah, catch a couple. see if anybody's home and move on to the next one. So we fished Bishop Creek, South Lake um, on that day. And Bishop Creek was actually the best. We got some some browns out of there. Everywhere else was pretty slow. South yeah. Lake's super low. South Lake's about 30 feet low, and they don't even have the docks in the water yet. Oh, wow. Yeah, but um, Jared Smith, who run, manages the um, the uh, marina operation there, he's expecting um, it to fill up a little bit by the end of the month. So hopefully they get those boat rentals going. 
Yeah, with not much snow melt this year, it's been, I'm sure, different. And we're going to kind of get into that. Um, some other things that are different up there is the stocking schedules aren't happening. What's, what's yeah, going on with that? That's something that we really noticed. We don't really chase some state stocked fish, mm-hmm. but we fish where they are. Yeah. So, you know, you're weeding through all these smaller trout to get what we're looking for, but those smaller trout just weren't there. I mean, everywhere we went, there wasn't a place where we stacked them up. And usually, usually we get them in the upper Owens and Tioga Lake and Ellery Lake and Rock Creek Lake and the lakes in the Mammoth Basin. The smaller fish just weren't around. I mean, they're still stocking the big Oregon fish, but, um, you know, it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to be more of a quality over quantity thing this year. That's kind of been what we've been noticing too, just pictures that are coming in. We're not getting the family photos with stringers full of DFG stalkers. Right. I, I maybe stalkers. saw one limit of state stocked fish the whole time. So they are still stocking, just not, not as much, obviously. Yeah, the Hot Creek hatchery is now sh- shut down like the other hatcheries are. And that, mm-hmm. one, only, that one only stocked Inyo and Mono counties. So that, that again, that's just the the smaller stocked fish. Um, the we've talked about it on previous podcasts. Um, the counties themselves, some of the resorts, some nonprofit organizations are importing fish from Oregon. They're basically they're the same fish as the old Alpers fish. Okay, they're just coming from Oregon. They're premium fish that are two to five pounds on yeah. average. Mm-hmm. Another thing we did is we, you know, we hiked into the backcountry some and went after brook trout, you know, and that's, that's another way to do it as far as, you know, getting your numbers up. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about it here sitting in the office and, and that's something that going to the Eastern Sierra, you know, don't go too often anymore. But when I used to, that was our, our number one was, was looking for brooks. Yeah. It's, I mean, even when the, the state, even when the Department of Fish and Wildlife was stocking trout, they were averaging two fish to the pound so they're pretty small i mean that's yeah. that's eight ounce fish on average and that's how big brookies are if yeah. not bigger so why and they not? fight harder <laughs> yeah they fight harder i mean I, I have never eaten one but i hear they taste better um they'll eat anything yeah. and a lot of in a lot of the places they are it would do the lake you know good by taking a few out of them yeah you definitely. Know, that's why they're all, all that because they're pretty predatory i mean obviously they eat Anything that'll fit in their mouth. Yeah, yeah. And they're all fighting for a limited food supply, and they're only able to, you know, tee off on bugs and stuff And when, when the ice isn't there. So yeah. it's a small feeding window, and they don't get that much to eat. So thinning out the herd, you know, will do a lot of these lakes some good. All right, all right. And then um, from there, I guess, um, anything else you want to add to that whole, you know, things are getting tough up there. It's not an easy fishery yeah, anymore. It's, I it's, would never not go especially if it's you know personally like i said personally i don't i don't fish for the stocked Mm -hmm. state fish um but for somebody who normally does who's used to dunking night crawlers and getting an easy limit yeah that's just not going to happen as quick as usual this year so um i would for one like you know like fish those lakes that are getting those premium oregon fish so yeah it's most of the the bigger popular lakes, like the June Lake Loop, the Mammoth Lakes Basin, Convict Lake, stuff with kind of resorty attraction. Yeah, uh, the, they're all they're all still getting stocks. They're not getting stocked as often as state fish do, mm-hmm. but they get a lot of them. So okay. they're in there, you know. But the, another another thing is they don't really publicize when they arrive. 
Which is kind of a good thing. I like that. That's awesome. Yeah, I like that. You don't Cause get then, the... Because you've already set your trip up. And yeah. And you don't want to be bummed out <laughs> because it happened a week ago. Yeah. So, yeah, another way to get after it is to, you know, fish places that aren't so dependent on being stocked. So along with the backcountry, there's places like Lake Crowley. Mm-hmm. Now, at the end of every season, at the very end, Crowley always stocks subcatchables, like two to four inch trout yeah so they can season in there and they can kind of become almost like a wild fish. i've i've seen them there um i've been there in october that's when i like to fish up there and and i've seen the the little ones yeah and you, i've scooped them up with my hand they'll be on the surface cruising i've seen them eating stuff off the surface yeah the staffers told me they do that every year wow and um you know and, and they also have the owens river going into it owens river kind of acts as its own little hatchery because mm-hmm. the rainbows and those cuts and the browns. The they big all, browns. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, places like that, you know, you never hear about people asking when was the last time Crowley got stocked because you can always catch fish in Crowley. Yeah, yeah. You know, but. Did you guys fish Crowley while you are up there? This time we didn't. Um, I definitely will in October. Mm-hmm. I did it last October. It was a great time. Um, this time we kind of just stuck to our rotation. We went everywhere from the June Lake Loop to up Tioga Pass um didn't go all the way to bridgeport virginia lakes was uh exception it mm-hmm. stood out a little bit okay um we fished the whole back side of the not the whole back side but kind of the back end of the big lake and we caught more brooks than rainbows so yeah. that's there it is right there mm-hmm. like you know between me and my brother we had maybe 12 brooks each in a couple hours and a couple rainbows yeah you know but that was more than everywhere else and again it's catching brooks yeah yeah you know? so so be prepared to cast and wind yeah, and be prepared to throw some lures and, and different, you're not going to be just be bait fishing out there. It sounds like. Yeah. You know, and getting away from, um, you know, the marinas and stuff like that. If you can get around to a back of the lake where there's an inlet, um, that's when you, that's where you pick up the, uh, you know, more of the wild fish. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I guess to take away from this, you're not going up there right now to catch rainbows necessarily that have been stocked. You're, you're going up there to look for these fish that live up there year round mm-hmm. and have a different tenacity, really. Yeah. It's a different, it's a different kind even, of fishing. Even if they are stocked fish, you know, you've got holdovers, you've got browns, brooks. And a fish that's been in one of those lakes or reservoir for a year is a totally different fish yeah, exactly. than a fish that just came from eating tel- pellets at the right. hatchery. <laughs> right. It's, it's going to be a different deal up there until those hatcheries are back online. I, th- I don't think, you know, supposedly the state stocking isn't completely shut down to the area. So, you know, they've said they were going to import some from Northern California hatcheries and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, take from other areas. But, um, you know, that. So what did happen to our hatcheries down here? Well, the, originally they had they had a virus in three hatcheries mm-hmm. f- further south, um, and those also stocked the Sierra, but also a lot of Southern California. Um, the Hot Creek Hatchery, this just happened a few weeks ago, where it they detected the same. I believe it was the same virus. It was some kind of virus. They definitely didn't want to stock. Yeah, I haven't heard what they've done. You know. As a result of it, I don't. I haven't heard if they euthanized it all yet and did the same thing as the other hatcheries because they had to wipe out everything. They and then they got to start from scratch, clean yeah. the tanks, everything, right? Yeah, they've done that. They've got small fish in there. They're just not going to be stockable for a while. Mm-hmm. This time around, you know, there's been talk that because of what they learned from the first few hatcheries and those problems, 
that they kind of know how to combat it. So they're going to try different things before they wipe it out. But it's definitely not stocking. Yeah, yeah. So they're just they're working on just getting a a base, you know, a base of small trout in there right now, and then regrowing what they've. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Very cool. <clears throat> That's interesting. I hadn't. I I kind of had heard about the virus and stuff, but I hadn't really gotten into it with anyone and or really did too much research on it. So I'm glad that we got to talk about that too. Cause yeah. Yeah. Other than that, you know, it's the, the South Lake was super low, but the creeks and everything looked just a little bit low. It, mm-hmm. it was far from unfishable. I mean, How far North did you guys end up getting Tioga? I heard. Yeah. Didn't go e- past either there. Tioga Lake or Virginia lakes, whatever one's yeah. further North. We did not get to, um, to Bridgeport. Okay. But you know, the lakes were in good shape. You know, the creeks were running, well, the peak runoff is already behind us. Mm-hmm. Probably happened in May sometime. Yeah, it got hot quick out there, huh? Yeah, so I would expect. How was uh, how was weather? I heard you guys had a snow day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was nice for a few days, and then the wind played a huge role. Like we had a couple days where I mean we fished through it, but mm-hmm. it was just because we were there. I mean, yeah. if I lived up there, there's no way I would have fished. Yeah, that day. yeah. <laughs> um, and there was all there was even a little dusting of snow one night. Um, yeah, so it was it was different. I was a little underprepared. I only brought like a hoodie, and you know I could have needed some more stuff. <laughs> but right now they're having a heat wave though. Yeah, so I know it's hot the, up there. That's the deal <laughs> up there. What was uh, any standout catches? What was the biggest fish you guys got for the trip? It's Anything all, giant? It's all relative, man. I mean, the day the day we were up in the backcountry, I mean, it, there's a couple like 12 inch brooks that were just, yeah. and that was cool. You know, it's Super a brook cool, trout yeah. that's a good size. <laughs> you know, you know, nothing you're going to weigh in pounds or nothing no. threatening yeah. 20 inches or anything like hey, that. Hey, that was my favorite thing was just chasing the brooks. And I know a lot of guys, we had just talked to um, another friend of Western Outdoor News calling about chasing the golden trout but mm-hmm. i'd almost rather catch brooks <laughs> yeah yeah they're they're a lot more widespread and easy yeah, to get to they're and, easy to get to and they're fun to catch and you could still get pretty far back into some creeks where it's like you you live up here like yeah. how did you get here <laughs> right right yeah they're everywhere you you run into brooks even in places where if you read the old books saying which fish are in which lakes yeah they're not listed but you know you're <laughs> catching them in there so yeah and that's not a non-native as well right well, a lot what's of pe- the, a lot of people, you know, argue over native versus wild. Yeah, no, what's they're, really they're not native because they're from the East Coast. Yeah, it's the same as a German brown. Obviously, it's yeah. not native, but they they were hatched there and they grew up there, so they're wild fish. They're just not native to the region. So, are the only native fish goldens? Goldens, and there's some Cutthroat. species of um, yeah. There is one of the cutthroat, I believe, mm-hmm. and there are some. Uh, Basically, coastal steelhead. Yeah. Um, Kern River rainbow. Depending on how far south in this area yeah. you go, there's uh-huh. Kern River rainbows um, that are considered native to the area. Okay, that's very cool. Yeah, it's something that I guess a lot of people don't realize is you know they think they're going up there and catching these trout and these pristine creeks and stuff, but a lot mm-hmm. of the stuff was put there by the Department of Fish and Wildlife and by by uh, wasn't it the um, well, you, you he was could, stalking in the beginning when they were doing those like airdrops and stuff. That was the that was the Department of Fish and Wildlife it doing was. the backcountry airdrops, but you could take it all the way back to like 
you know, original settlers taking them up in coffee cans. And putting them in creeks. Yeah, they're up there looking for gold or whatever, and, you know, <laughs> they can make their own little food supply, I guess. Yeah, totally. That, that's how they got up there the first time, originally. Well, that's awesome. Anything else you want to add about the Eastern Sierra or anything else coming up up there? Yeah, I would just say, you know, it's people get discouraged about the state thing and, and, and the, the chatter gets kind of out of control and people say they are not stocking the Eastern Sierra. The Eastern Sierra is absolutely getting stocked. It's just different. It's a you different know, style of you're stocking. You're missing out on the two fish per pound, you know, <laughs> state fish, which, you know, in most cases people would rather catch the bigger ones anyway. Yeah. It's just, it's almost like those fish break up the time between the better fish. It's like mm-hmm. you're not weeding through fish to get the better ones. Yeah. You know, that, that element of it's just not there. So I would just have people, you know, adjust their expectations and their game plans you know if you're willing to hike less than a mile you can get into a lake full of brook trout with nobody else on it or if you you know if you're fishing a creek that gets normally gets stocked if you were move up look upstream in areas that are harder to get to that they can't yeah, get not, not in the campground in. <laughs> right yeah get away get upstream of the campgrounds get away from all that and that's when you're going to run into the the browns and stuff that are you know, they're not there because a truck put them there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so it, it's, yeah, it's always, you know, when we go fishing up there, it, it was always, you know, we're trying to catch the Browns and the Brooks and, and it was like you said, it, the, the rainbows passed the time. For yeah. Sure. It right. was, it was nice. Yeah. Was fun catching big, them. And those big Oregon <laughs> rainbows are, are awesome too. Oh, one are they more, putting one, those in the Creek or are they just putting those in the big lakes? I know they are between bridgeport and june lake i don't know if they're doing it south of june lake okay um because uh, just because the amount bridgeport, of water bridgeport is one budget or mono county is one budget okay and then mammoth has its own budget and i think mammoth only does the lakes basin convict lake resort pays for their own mm-hmm. um i i just i'm not sure about the creeks down there but june lake has its own net pin to where they have a net pin at a dock full of the bigger fish, and they kind of just let them out whenever they want. Just a few here, a few there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. instead of just letting them all get dumped in at once. That's kind of a cool way to do it. Yeah, June Lake is definitely a spot I would focus on this year because that's going on. They have their their um, self-sustaining cutthroat po- population. Like You can catch big cuts in June just like yeah. you can in Crowley. Now, when, you fish in, when you're fishing these lakes, are you usually fishing um, – by foot? Are you renting boats ever? What do you guys, what's your guys' Most plan? of the time we're on foot. Okay. Yeah. That's how I've always done it. I've brought a boat up a couple times myself. I've never rented a boat up there. Yeah. I, I mean, Crowley is one place I'll, I'll rent a boat. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done it at Convict, but most of the time, you know, we're on foot because most of the time we're not at a lake for half a day very often. Mm-hmm. We're just bouncing around. Yeah, you know, moving just, from spot to spot. Right. You know, we don't want to be stuck to a lake because we spent however much on a boat. You yeah, know, yeah. You know, Even when I brought the boat, I remember being stuck in that regard is we got to Crowley, we fished Crowley in the boat, and then we're like, well, we want to go do this. Well, there's a boat attached to us. Yeah. We got to find a parking spot for the boat if we want to get up that road. Right, <laughs> right. So... Well, Mike, it was great talking, and let's just jump right into it with Colin here. He was Jason Goldens. Yeah, well, I mean, in the past, we'd, we'd hit upper portions of the of the Kern and little, you know, fingers off of it and had no luck at all. And finally, we decided to just go straight to the source, which it's a bit of a drive. Um, 
any way you want to get to the, the upper Sierras where, where they're native. Um, but, uh, you know, highway 395 toward Lone Pine and kind of the, the, the most direct route to get up in that area is, uh, a road called Horseshoe Meadow road. And it's a gnarly road. I mean, it's a, it's a white knuckler. It ascends 6,000 feet in, in a few minutes. Um, you want to be like, you know, hydrated and nourished or you'll get altitude sickness. You'll, you'll at least get the beginning, you know, headaches and a little bit of nausea if you're not uh, ready for it. But, um, but it's a beautiful drive. Um, it's, it's your textbook switchback and you're actually at the top you're at that 6,000 mark at the top of that road in 20 minutes. It happens quick. And then you dive down into the Sierras and that area, Cottonwood lakes and horseshoe meadow, um, that whole area, there's creeks and streams all over up there. And I had always heard that that's where you want to go, you know? Um, and I've seen that switchback road from highway 395 so many times and always gone, wow, that is a crazy road. I don't know that I ever want to drive on that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> is, and that, that, is that actually a paved road or not? It is a paved road now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, I'm sure it wasn't at one point. <laughs> oh no, no way. But it is a County maintained road. And, um, and once you're up on it, you're like, okay, this is doable. I've got a big old Chevy truck. So one more reason why I was a little hesitant, but yeah, I mean, once you're halfway up on it and you're looking at the Owens Valley, it's just, it's breathtaking. I mean, you got to keep your eyes on the road, but it is an amazing view up there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, so how'd you guys kind of go about, I guess, targeting them? You got up to, I mean, obviously to the elevation you needed to be at. And then how are you guys fishing for them? Um, well, we just did some research and reading notes online. My son works at a tackle shop. So we talked to a few people on what to do and how to do it. Um, all the rules and regulations are, they're very gray and kind of convoluted, but there's a new set that came out March of this year and basically says, uh, barbless hooks, um, artificial lures, no bait, nothing scented or anything like that. And it actually states that you can keep two. I don't know why anybody would want to, cause they're not a very big fish. Um, but so we just we we found a parking spot and in in these campgrounds there, which, you know, they're, they're walk in campgrounds with bear boxes, basically. And we packed our stuff up in the bear boxes and we put our backpacks and poles on and we hiked back into the, the meadows back there. And as soon as we started seeing some streams, we we were seeing fish and weren't really sure what they were and dropping like I, I had a little uh, crappie jig with a single a barbless hook on it and my son had a rooster tail and we were just throwing them and they were interested but as soon as they'd see our shadows they'd get spooked pretty quick um but they were interested in, in what we were offering and finally we were getting bit um you know uh, a little tip for myself and anybody else next time you know small hooks they're really small fish um a, a big one you know the 100 percent pure goldens are like eight ten inches at best so They've got small mouths, you know, so, so small. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. No, I've, uh, I've, I've done it once before and, and I've only caught in one my whole life. And how many did you guys end up, uh, landing that day? Well, let me start by saying we lost about <laughs> 20. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I had mean, always wanted to get one. I mean, that's our state fish, you know, it's yeah. a freshwater fish. They're beautiful. <laughs> They're native to California. So it has always been important for me to get that on my list of fish. But, um, we, I, caught and landed one and uh, obviously photographed the heck out of it before we released it. But it's catching those little fish like that in those little creeks. It's an art I've realized because it's, 
they're small bodies of water. And when they see a shadow come up, they're spooked, you know, they're out of there. So you really need to sneak up and, and I'm not a fly fisherman, but um, I can. And I just thought, wow, that would be really hard targeting these little narrow little creeks. Now, mind you, we had a dry winter, so I'm sure other seasons, you know, provide a lot more water um, with would be, you know, more surface area and, and target. But, um, but yeah, we landed one. I did uh, um, get a bunch of really cool pictures of them. It was so exciting, but like, I, I learned a lot, you know, and when you, when you get bit from one of those little guys, it's like, Oh, get them. You know, I get yeah. <laughs> when he popped out of the water and spit the hook and dove right back in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Especially when you're fishing barbless, it's, it's hard to keep tension on something so small. You need such a light rod totally. fishing such light gear just to no, keep them so, on. So true. <laughs> yeah. You want that eight or 10 inch to actually pull drag <laughs> at least, pull, oh, yeah. at least get the, at least get the rod bending. Uh-huh. So you have a, a shock That's absorber it. for when they do That's try it, to jump. Man. Yeah. I mean, a two pound test and I thought I was going a little heavy, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys do any other fishing while you're up that way? Did you guys fish for any rainbows and, or anything else in the creeks? I know, you know, the stocking isn't really happening up there. So a lot's changed and it's, it's kind of a different, um, a different game up there than it has been in the past. And we're going to be talking with Mike, our other editor about that. He was up there kind of around the same time you were actually. Yeah. Um, well, we were fishing with, you know, trout like lures. I mean, like I said, rooster tails, cast masters, super dupers, all the old school proven stuff. And then little crappie jigs that my son wanted to try, which is great. Cause that's what I ended up landing mine on. Um, so we were fishing for whatever would bite is the, you know, the short answer to that. Um, it was hard to really see once again, what was in there. Always, obviously just trout, you know, whether there was some rainbows in there, I don't know, but they were all little Creek trout. And as you know, I mean, those types of fish and fish, they, they grow to what their surroundings will allow them to, you know? So, um, they were all, all little guys. I mean, 10 inch fish was a, that was a big fish in that area. And uh, pretty much it looked like they were mostly goldens from what we saw. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, is it cool. It's like I mean, when you get up, when you start, get to a certain height, you kind of get past the, the majority of the brook trout and things like that. Yep. And you start to just see those goldens. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, it, it was, it was awesome. We came back down after two days when we hit, we hit the Owens and we caught some bass and stuff down uh, around Lone Pine and, and uh, independence area. But yeah, that's always fun to do too on your way back. <laughs> yeah. People don't sure. realize the bass fishery that's out there. <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, there's so many great fingers along 395. I mean, I just, I love that highway so much. All, all the way from like Little Lake, you know, up into Mammoth in June and all that whole area. It's There's so much history, so much fishing. And, and I don't know. I just, I love it. I love that whole area so much. <laughs> totally. Hey, well, Colin, thanks so much for sharing your story about the Golden. And um, hey, man, hopefully we hear from you again. Awesome. Thank you, guys. You guys have a great day. And now for a quick angler experience at the Yellowtail Jackpot. It was a very long day. We started a little south of the 371, wasn't metering anything, came back up the line to the 371, got on some schools, no bites. Uh, Then we stopped on this one, and we could see they were big marks. Uh, Another boat came in on our stern, started to chum line, and that's when I got bit on this guy. Uh, 80-pound outfit, uh, an AVET HX wide on 80-pound floral um he headed for the horizon right away uh we took chase we probably we probably chased him a good half mile before we boated him about 35 minutes on the fight um 
giving and taking, a lot of giving and taking. And uh, great gaff, uh, four feet from the boat, right on the surface, laying on the side. Excellent gaff by my partners on the boat. Um, no twitch whatsoever. Uh, took four of us to drag him through the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a big fish. It is a good size fish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, we ended up uh, calling it on the bluefin and ran back down to the 425. Kelp Patty hopped all the way down there. On the outside, Kelp Patty hopped up back the way back on the inside, and we just found dry kelp after dry kelp after dry kelp. So I don't know what happened to all that yellowtail. Last yeah. couple months, I've been like avoiding kelps not to not catch yellowtail now when i want to catch one they're not there <laughs> they're yeah. not there gosh well you but, pulled uh, in this gigantic tuna hopefully it holds and uh good yeah. luck we'll see you at the award ceremony great thank you hey guys thank you so much for listening to the western outdoor news podcast this was episode 22 don't forget to visit wonews.com for that upcoming charter on the pacific islander out of cisco sport fishing <laughs>